0: Reviewing the drafts of the AFC West in 2023 and beyond. Coming up on today is Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst
1: Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL
0: on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day checking in on the AFC West today finishing up the AFC side of our you know post draft deeper dive review here looking at every division every team's draft class and some of our favorite picks and some of the angles and figuring out how some of these teams are building their rosters today checking in on the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders of the AFC West. Let's start alphabetically here with the, the Denver Broncos. And they're still paying off some past debts, Matt, so not a big draft class. But um, before we get too deep into these draft classes, I know you have some salary cap information as well on the West.
1: Vegas, the Chargers, and Denver are all fine. They're all healthy. They are they're, you know, they're they have plenty. they have between 7.5 and, and 12 to spend. So they'll be okay. They don't have to make any big moves. Kansas City only has 1.8 You know to get their – So they might need to restructure somebody or make a cut or something along those lines just to get their rookies in and have some spending money for the year. But more noteworthy to me is what this this division looks like next year because Denver's one of the few teams in the negative. They're not super bad, but they're minus 6.4. The Chargers are dead last, minus 59.3. So does that mean – cutting Khalil Mack you know cutting Keenan Allen I mean like this might be the Chargers window because they haven't even signed Herbert yet so that's really disturbing where on the other flip side Kansas City and Vegas are two of the healthiest cap situations in the league next year 59.6 and 67 for Vegas so Kansas City's as much in the green as the Chargers are in the red I think I said that right
0: yeah, and so the, basically the Chargers have to look at the Chiefs and say, okay, how is that transition into big contract quarterback gone, yeah. and, and how did they navigate that? And it looks like the Chiefs have navigated that as well as anybody. And it's kind of wild, actually, how Patrick Amazing. Holmes, when that, that contract was announced, uh, half a billion dollars? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, is that, is that a, a steal of a contract now for Kansas City, looking at some of these other quarterback contracts and how some of the quarterbacks are getting paid uh, that aren't as good as As Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, so the the Chargers do have to sort of transition from expensive roster, some of the older pieces. um, Some of the guys will age out, and, you know, they're going to have to be smarter with money as Herbert gets paid in the very near future. They still have a year or two to figure that out, though. Yeah. Before those big numbers start hitting the
1: cap. But that window is going to slam shut. Like, if Mm. they don't win it this year, they're probably not going to improve their roster. And certainly the days of going and signing J.C. Jackson and things like that are long gone.
0: You ready for the Denver Broncos?
1: Yeah, interesting one.
0: Yeah, so five total players for the Denver Broncos. They didn't pick until the 32nd selection of round two, and uh, all of their picks had come via trade. So uh, I I always love when a team does that. So every single pick that the Denver Broncos spent was acquired elsewhere. It wasn't one of their original selections. Um, They're still paying off the Russell Wilson trade, didn't have a first-round pick. They came up in the the last, or the uh, 32nd pick in round two with Marvin Marvin Mims, Oklahoma wide receiver, speed demon, downfield threat, uh, Drew Sanders in the third round, just a few picks later, linebacker from Arkansas, then Riley Moss, cornerback from Iowa in the third round again, then didn't pick until the sixth round where they picked up J.L. Skinner, Boise State, oversized safety, which was a nice selection there. I thought he would go much earlier than the sixth round in this draft. And then Alex Forsythe, a center out of Oregon in round seven. And that's a a small Denver Broncos draft class.
1: It is a small class. I like a lot of the players they got. I don't know a ton about Forsythe, but he's the seventh rounder. Skinner only fell because of a pec injury. He wasn't able to work out, but he is a traitsy, huge, more in the box type, a little bit of a throwback. I mean, he's not Cam Chancellor, but more that than he is Earl Thomas. Um, I love Riley Moss. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I think there's some prejudice against his skin color for why he falls to 83, which, Hey, I get too. I mean, it, it's just, you don't see a lot of corners that look like me. <laughs> so whatever, but he's a really good player. I also got, like,
0: I just want to talk about Riley Moss. I watched him a lot pre draft because I thought he might be in play for the 49ers in that uh, third round area. He went just before the Niners picked their late third round, those uh, comp picks. Uh, and, He's He's got top end speeds, former track athlete, 6'1", 193. He doesn't have the yeah. longest arms despite being a taller corner. And, uh, you know, everyone's going to want to force him to safety, you know. For, right, but
1: he's a really good corner.
0: Reasons. Right. But uh, he's, he's a corner to me all day long and, you know, maybe could play safety in the future because he's, he seems to be good in zones and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not afraid to tackle people. But I even like him maybe in the slot because of how quick he is and how good he is with his hips and he can turn and run with guys. And so outside, inside, versatile corner. Riley Moss needs to be started in the NFL at corner.
1: I think he will, too. And I thought Drew Sanders would go noticeably earlier than 67 overall. He's a bit of a work in progress, only a one-year player and off-the-ball linebacker. And we know that adjustment's difficult. But Marvin Mims just screamed Sean Payton is putting his stamp on this offense. You know, he's going to go get McGlinchy and the lineman he likes. They're going to run the football. I don't care that we have a lot of receivers. I want a wide variety. And hey, Jerry, Judy, and Sutton and Hamler, you might not be here long.
0: Drew Sanders is an interesting one. Is he mm-hmm. versatile or is he a tweener to where he? I know, right? And it's probably is why he did to into the top of the third round. You know, because there's a, a difference between being a being a versatile player where you can line up in a lot of spots, play off ball. Play versus the run. Play inside, maybe blitz, or or even rush off the edge as a stand-up rusher. Or are you a tweener and teams can't figure out how to use you? So you got to have a plan when you draft a player like that. And, uh, very interested to see because he's you know uh, a very nice prospect and, and super athletic and and has all the size you're looking for in a linebacker, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Interesting pick there. will probably make or break the class potentially. I don't know about Marvin Mims at the second round either. Like, I, I like this. Yeah. I like him as a player, but, you know, he doesn't wow me. He's probably, you know, especially with this roster, a, a, currently a number three or four wide receiver. And I don't know if it will ever be more than a number three receiver.
1: Now, I wonder if, if Sutton or Judy will get traded. I know they picked up Judy's option. Is Hamler not long for the team? I don't know. It's kind of just the writing on the wall implies that that's the case.
0: Overall, though, it's a good class for only having yeah, five. Yeah, not bad. I think they got useful players, and I think all of their players have an opportunity to stick and and play a role for the Denver Broncos. Getting Skinner in the in the sixth round, they might have a starting mm-hmm. strong
1: safety there. Yeah, yeah, no, I like what they did.
0: All right, next we've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders in the AFC West. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. What makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate really sets these bars off. You feel like you're getting a treat because you are getting a treat. And you're getting all the macros that come along with the best tasting protein bar in the world ever. I'm talking Built Bars macros like only 130 calories in most Built Bars. Only 4 grams of sugar in most built bars but a whopping 17 grams of protein if you talk to a nutritionist they're going to tell you you need to get a ton of protein in your diet you're probably not getting enough and you need to avoid the sugar and you're probably trying to keep your calories low if you're like me and trying to lose a few lbs well built bar hits all of those and it tastes amazing and you'll want to go back and reach for another built bar with flavors like churro peanut butter brownie cookies and cream peanut butter puff the newest flavor at built there is the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff at Whoa. Built. Do not do not ask me how they make it. They they, <laughs> they make the flavors uh, and keep the calories low and the sugar low. And I don't know how they do it, and I don't care how they do it. You got to try the best-tasting protein bar ever, Built. You can find them at Built.com. Find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. Find all of the latest flavors and varieties and seasonal flavors, new ones coming all the time, at Built.com. Here we go. Kansas city chiefs uh the Kansas city chiefs I think the odd one yeah the way they ended the first round too. Felix uh and Duque Uzoma uh nice player Mm -hmm. and I think we've we've talked about this multiple times recently during the since since and during the draft Matt with those those late first round edges where they haven't had the greatest hit rate recently and this could be another one of those out of Kansas state. He's a really good player. Some people had him as a first round guy. Some people had him as a third round guy, 6'3, 255. And it was a deep class of edge. So I don't know if the value was great for the chiefs at the end of round one. Obviously if they've a, a, you know, a nice speed rusher there off the edge, you love that all day long for the Kansas city chiefs. And then uh, continuing on with the chiefs draft here, round two, Rasheed rice, SMU wide receiver, Juan Yeh Morris, Round three, Oklahoma offensive tackle, uh, Shamari Conner, uh, safety out of Virginia Tech in round four, B.J. Thompson, another edge uh, outside linebacker type out of Stephen F. Austin in round five, Keandre Coburn, Texas defensive tackle in round six, and then Nick Jones, Ball State corner in round seven. Um, it, it's not that it's a bad class, but I'm kind of squinting, looking at this class, thinking, yeah, where's the big impact here? And it's got to come from their late first round edge rusher.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a very... C plus type of pick, you know, I mean, he's fine. I mean, I don't see a lot of Pro Bowls in his future. Um, they, they drafted Karloft this last year, who I also think's a C plus pick there. But yeah, very different. So I guess yeah, like, right, right.
0: you can see how those guys fit together.
1: Yep. Yep. And pass rush is more important. Well, that's important to everybody, but they play with leads. You know, they're going to, these guys get a lot of opportunity to rush the passer. It's kind of like the Peyton Manning, Freeney, Mathis. They're always going to invest in defensive ends as they should. I don't love the player. I'm not sure he's the 31st best player on the board, but he's not far off, so fine. I thought Rasheed Rice was vastly overdrafted, to be honest with you. I'm not super impressed with him at all. I don't think he's a particularly good separator. There's a lot of... Wanya Morris has traits, but there's a lot of inconsistency to his game. And this is my fault. I'll be very honest. But their four day three picks, I know like nothing about any of them. That doesn't, they, mean, they're not that doesn't just, mean they're not
0: good, but they, they I did a lot of draft up prep and though. I don't
1: know much about these guys at all.
0: Uh, I, I did watch some BJ Thompson and, you know, athletic, sort of undersized edge rusher. It, it's clearly something that they were trying to address in this draft. And we've seen that with a lot of teams. And it's kind of like the in vogue thing to do nowadays, Matt, in the NFL draft is a team has a need. Instead of just drafting one guy, you draft multiple guys. And so they got one in the first round and they got another, uh, you know, took another swing uh on day three with fifth rounder BJ Thompson out of Stephen F. Austin, small school guy. See if you can, you know, get some speed off the edge, which is clearly what the, uh, what the chiefs were trying to accomplish in this draft. Uh The day two is pretty important for this team because I'm with you with Wanye Morris. I watched a lot of his tape, and the traits are there, and you like the the length, but I just didn't like the tape. I watched him and was like, yeah, he's
1: right. a good either.
0: player, and he should be better, and that, that always kind of worries me. But at the same time, you're talking late third round, it's hard to find starting offensive tackle traits, and that's what they're betting on, and hopefully they can coach him up. And you know, he makes good as you know, at least a swing tackle, maybe even a starting right tackle in the NFL out of Oklahoma. Uh, Rashid Rice is an interesting one because a lot better in 2021 than 2022. And you see, you know, this you see that happen a lot. And you know, maybe he's a guy that should have come out early last year. Uh, but anytime, and this sort of happened last year with, um, with more Sky Moore. When the Chiefs draft a wide receiver, you look at it and you start to talk yourself into maybe this is the fantasy sleeper this year, Rashie Rice. So I, right. I don't know what to think about this pick. They liked him enough to draft him in round two. And if he hits, I mean, that could be huge for your fantasy teams. Um, it, it did seem like a little high for, for Rasheed Rice, though, based on mm-hmm. what I saw from him in
1: 2022. Well, I, I got some feedback on my Turks and Caicos driving on the wrong side of the road conversation the other day because I lumped Sky <laughs> Moore in with, with Traylon Burks. And the reason for Kansas City is, that's like the most complex offense going. So Western Michigan to the Andy Reid offense was a massive jump. It was driving on the wrong side of the road. I'm not sure it's going to be any better for Rasheed Rice. And I think Sky Moore is a better prospect than he is.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll let I'll let everyone chase the rookie in Rasheed Rice, and I'll go to the year two guy after he's had a year in the system with a yes. breakup for Sky Moore,
1: I think. Yep, I've kind of learned how to drive on the side of the road without killing the family. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, exactly right i love that uh, it's a great visual too
1: <laughs> it like, was bad by the way i'm like, not making that up at all i like picturing you sweating and driving on the wrong side of the road I'm like oh um, we just got the just got this beautiful island and i'm screaming f-bombs left and right oh crap! You know, i'm like just driving directly into traffic it was not pretty
0: did you bring the hot dog roller to turks and Caicos?
1: <laughs> it Couldn't didn't fit it on the plane dang okay <laughs> all right uh, i don't love this to- draft. Yeah, uh, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about the Chiefs, but I don't love this draft.
0: Did you have a did you have a, a, a favorite pick or one standout least favorite pick? Any superlatives from this Kansas City draft? Because I kind of look at it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see it, but don't love it. With it, Like, I, it's the, that's the way I felt about every pick. I guess B.J. Thompson would be my favorite pick. You know, yeah, Tracy, small, small school guy that if he was at a bigger school, maybe he's going mm-hmm. three rounds earlier.
1: He needs to get stronger and tougher, but he could be yeah. a, a splash player on third and eight, you know, in a super loud stadium when you're winning by 15, you know, as the chiefs often are.
0: How about our sleeper pick is Keandre Coburn. We haven't even mentioned him really, uh, you know, nose tackle out of Texas. If you get a, a, a two, if you just get a guy who can play on first downs, but can take up multiple blocks for the rest of your defense there in round six. I like that pick.
1: Yeah. They lost Sanders who kind of had that role for them. Uh mm-hmm. went to the saints, I thought Wanya Morris was just a little forced. You know, like, if if his buddy from Oklahoma would have fallen to 31, I think they'd have taken a tackle. I think they almost said, we have to take a tackle on the first two days. So, Wanya Morris is the last one left. Let's grab him, you know? So, they're yeah. having two new tackles this year.
0: Yeah, they, they basically were like, well, the next time we come up, there's not going to be someone with offensive tackle traits. This is the end of the road, yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow, did you just say this is the end of the road? Because Wanya Morris, he was named after the lead singer from the R B group out of the nineties, uh Boys to Men. Really? Yeah. And that was accidental by you, but that was pretty amazing, Matt. Well done.
1: What's even crazier is does Boys the Men sing a song called The End of the Road? No, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if that's you true. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I live under a rock. <laughs> so if you told me to name five Boys to Men songs, I don't think I'd come up with any, let alone something about the end of the road. So oh
0: that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> so definitely an accident. I love it. I love
0: it. All right. So <laughs> at Williamson NFL, boys to men tweets. That's where they belong. There you go. Oh, that is great. Um, let's go to the
1: More of a guns Angeles. and roses Zeppelin kind of guy.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were no Axel roses in this draft that I know of.
1: No, no, no.
0: All right. Los Angeles chargers draft 2023 Quentin Johnson at pick. So here we go. The Denver Broncos, every pick they used was not their original pick. Los Angeles chargers. Every pick they used was their original pick. That rubs me wrong. Like
1: I said move. that about the Bengals too. Like, make a move, come on.
0: That, it's, and, and not only that, no previous moves to to right. get rid of a pick. Just rounds one through seven. No comp picks. No extra picks. No trades.
1: Make a uh, move. Do something. Yeah, Trade a fifth on. round pick for somebody. I mean, this yeah. is a
0: this is a this is a D minus draft just for that. Man. Just for that. Come on. Although I, I really like a lot of the players they drafted. It's going to get okay. it's going to get the highest grade probably yet. Uh, because of what it could potentially be, I thought they got multiple starters. And I think they got some players that could be, you know, uh, role players as well in this class. Let's start with Quentin Johnson, the second wide receiver. No, the third wide receiver selected. Yeah. Who was 21 in between G- Smith and Jigba was 20. And the Chargers drafted Quentin Johnson from TCU at 22. That means.
1: No, you're right. Uh, Smith and Jigba's was 20. Johnson was 21. Zay was 22. Addison was 23. So he was second receiver off the board. I just pulled it up.
0: Okay. So it was the pick 21, not 22. So what I'm looking at is wrong here. Okay. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was the second wide receiver off the board. Quentin Johnson, TCU wide receiver to the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, they needed to get younger with their wide receiver group and, you know, find that future starter. And um, so some people had Quentin Johnson going top 15, top 10, didn't like that. I, I you know, we just made fun of him for not trading, but standing pad at 22 getting Quentin mm-hmm. Johnson, I don't think is a, is a bad pick at all for um, where this team is in the direction they're going and what they needed. So Quentin Johnson, TCU wide receiver to the Los Angeles chargers. I like that one. Uh, Tuli uh, Tui Pelotu,
1: Nicely uh, done. I'm gonna edge rusher
0: that. at a USC, uh, sort of a, a bigger body guy that slimmed down before the draft. I want to pause on this one. It's an interesting pick because, um, I, when I saw Tuli's combine it was like you know six 266 pounds and i was like okay so you know edge rusher maybe outside linebacker and you know saw how he plays at usc where they kind of use some stand-up rushers and then i put on the tape and watched him dude looked like a dude was 290 pounds and so i was like okay yeah. what's going on here and so i guess he did drop a lot of weight to try to get ready for the combine and run faster and do all of those things so i, I to be honest with you i like them better bigger i just be big and strong but be a bigger Edge. So I, I'd rather see him at 280 pounds than the, the 266 that he got down to because I don't think it really helps him that much um, for for what he's going to be. Um and I don't really like the way they use him that much at USC anyway. So maybe a better pro than than a college player, and he is you know active and can move around, maybe play some inside rushing as well. So sort of an outside end, bigger end that can that can play inside. So uh, interesting pick there. And and we'll see what direction Let's stop they want to there
1: take. real quick, because okay. I have a problem with I, I look at him, not the opposite of you did, but almost exactly the same. But I think he's back to that conversation of, you know, we talked about with Sanders, who Sanders is, is he versatile or is he a tweener? Is he neither? I think he's neither. I think he's Solomon Thomas. You know, I think he's going to get washed out on the inside and isn't twitchy enough for the outside. I really worry about him, to be honest with you. And yeah. I have a page. feeling
0: that that's what his draft grades were telling him, and that's why he tried to slim down.
1: Right, I thought so too. Like, and I need to
0: be a pure edge and not this tweener inside guy.
1: And I don't think that's—he's not built that way either.
0: No, he's thick. He's a thick yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I, I guess you mean so round two. So that type of player, you're like, let's draft him round three or four. See what we get in a mid-round guy, not mm-hmm. in round two.
1: Yeah, I, I was never a fan. I, I That's the exact same pre-draft. So I do like some of their picks, but that's not one of them.
0: Well, Matt, uh, maybe my favorite pick for the Los Angeles Chargers is next in round three. We'll talk about a, a very different type of a linebacker that the Chargers drafted in round three. We'll talk about the, the second half of the Chargers draft, our favorite picks from that class, and then finish up with the Las Vegas Raiders next. And I do want to thank everybody once again for making uh, the making Peacock and Williamson your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to the Everydayers, dayers. And, of course, next week we're going to come back and we'll have Matt Williamson's rookie dynasty rankings. We're going to talk right. NFC. We haven't even gotten to the NFC side of things. Division by division, team by team, draft reviews, all that and more as we get prepared for 2023 training camp right here on Peacock and Williamson every day. All right, so uh, round three for the Chargers after drafting Quentin Johnston and Tui Tui Pelotu in round two. Dion Henley, a really athletic off-ball linebacker out of Washington State late in round three, and this is definitely my favorite pick of their draft because I think he's going to be a yeah. starting, you know, will linebacker, can run and hit, super athletic, you uh, know, 6'1", 225. Is that even undersized anymore? I, I just I don't think it is for how you have to match up with teams in the NFL. Um, and so especially with looking at some of these teams in the division, right? So, uh, Dion Henley, I, I like this pick a lot. I think they got a starting linebacker, super active, super athletic in round three, late in round three.
1: Yeah. I kind of brushed over Quentin Johnson. I want to talk about him super quick. And first of all, the Eagles and Chargers were the only two teams that drafted three kid, three guys from the same school, three TCU dudes. Fine, whatever. But, um, back to the salary cap conversation. They're so far in the hole, and if you remember, there was talk that they might get away from Keenan Allen, but instead they pushed it down the road. I don't know that they'll be able to bring back Williams and Allen. Next half situation. And I do like the the spacing and age from Allen to Williams to Johnston. And they were like the least explosive offense in the entire league last year. Some of it was scheme. But a big play guy like him that can get downfield adds up. Talk I, I about think-
0: – good. Just with the Allen stuff, because I think Allen's very close to retirement, and who knows, maybe this is going to be his last year in the NFL. I'm sorry, Keenan, I'm not trying to push you out the door or anything. Sure, sure. Agent injuries and, you know, seeing what style of player he is. I thought maybe they they could have added somebody to be that sort of slot player um, to replace Allen eventually. They went with the outside wide receiver in in Quentin Johnston, uh, who still fits in with them, you know, now and in the future. But, you know, maybe Darius Davis, the fourth rounder out of TCU. Johnston's teammate, you know, much different wide receiver, mm-hmm. a super fast but small, 5'8, 165, sort of return man slot receiver. Maybe maybe that was the, you know, that was the pick for backing up Keenan Allen now. And maybe they get a, you know, a, a player who can be that dynamic slot receiver and in, in returner in round four. That it still felt a little early for Darius Davis, athletic so as athletic as he is, just because of his size, and harder to project him to be a, you know, a, a wide receiver three even in the NFL, just because of his size.
1: But speed was needed. You know, yes. I mentioned the lack of explosive plays. So I kind of get it, but I thought that was early. Real quick on Henley as well. I like the player. Uh, they need him. They just haven't had a lot of success with those guys, the, the Kenneth Murrays. You know, so that doesn't mean he shouldn't go back to the well. I'm not condemning the pick at all. And I thought he'd go earlier in 85. So I'm fine with that. That's, that is my favorite pick of the draft as well. I have one other late one I like too.
0: Speaking of those late ones, so mentioned day three there started with Darius Davis in round four, wide receiver, return man out of TCU, Jordan McFadden, Clemson guard in round five, uh, Scott Matlock, Boise State, D-tackle in round six. And then the third TCU prospect finishing up the draft just as they started out of TCU, quarterback Max Duggan in round seven. So there you go. You get a cheap
1: (laughs) quarterback and both his receivers from TCU. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You
0: must love that TCU passing game.
1: Right. I don't know. I look at Doug and think he might be Sean Hill or uh yeah, what's his face? Taysom Hill. I'm sorry. Taysom Hill. Right. Yeah. yeah he, he might be that guy. Which whatever. I, I
0: don't 000. know if he's quarterbacky enough for me. And if you know yeah. if you have to turn to him, but we'll see. Um
1: Matt Locke's you know. a pick I like though. I mean, oh, he's really? a okay. dirty work, interior, tough guy that isn't the best athlete. He's like that guard you draft in the fourth round that you just can't get out of the starting lineup or Greg Gaines next to Aaron Donald, you know, somebody like that that just gets beat up and does all the dirty work and they stick in the league.
0: Yeah. And before you know it, you're like, Oh man, this guy's been here for eight years. Since right. right,
1: right. Yeah. Right. Played a lot of snaps,
0: <laughs> you know? So bringing it full circle from the, the top where you talked about Khalil Mack and the cap situation for the chargers, maybe that's why they felt the need to force that edge player in round two. looking ahead to next year's roster more so than this year's roster and using this year, for, with him as a backup, Tui Polotu, to try to figure out what he is for them in the future, if he is that that edge guy.
1: Probably right. You know, Bosa is a foundational player. Mac is probably someone they can't afford, so go get a successor or at least try it. I, I just don't think that's who he is. I don't think he doesn't remind me of Cleo back at all.
0: Quentin Johnson's going to be the big key to this draft, though. You know, mm-hmm. how does he develop in the NFL? There's clear strengths, but some. Some things about his game where, you know, you see a six three two oh eight 208 receiver and you think, okay, he's that, you know, vertical stretching is going to win the ball down the field and uh, make plays on the ball and uh, Moss guys. And he's kind of, he's, he makes some nice plays, but he's not really that. No, ball and skills and
1: hands are questionable.
0: And he's pretty good after the catch for he a tall is. receiver, but the way he runs after the catch isn't really how guys are good at running after the catch good point. in the NFL. So I wonder if hes in, I wonder <laughs> if that'll even translate. So uh, th- this is a—it's a sort of a boomer bust, sort of a pick there at wide receiver in Quentin Johnson, which is why you know I, I didn't buy the hype on him being you know an, an earlier first round pick. I like him late in round one, but uh, I still have some reservations about how he develops in the NFL. It'll be interesting to see him on an NFL field.
1: I agree, and I, I I hope he doesn't. If the things don't go well for him, I could see him having a Chase Claypool career, and that would be disappointing. You know.
0: Yeah, bigger receiver that doesn't play the bigger receiver doesn't game play, as much say. as you expect him to.
1: Right, right. Good tester, but doesn't always translate it to the field. And you know, how about the OK draft. What's that? It's an OK it's, draft.
0: Yeah, they don't write for themselves. They're, they they need. It, it's I could see a, there's big bust potential in that. In that Chargers draft, I I, I could see mm-hmm. where we look back on this and be like, oh yeah, well you know they got a return man and some backups, you know, uh, or they're like, okay, well we got a, a number two wide receiver at the very least, we got a starting capable edge, we got a, a, a super athletic modern day linebacker who's a starter. And you know, and some some dirty work guys, and some really key rotational players as well. So that 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 Chargers draft could go in a lot of directions.
1: It could, it could. But you're right. I mean, as is the case with most, if Johnston's a a, a, a real asset, then you're in pretty good shape. But there, I don't love how the Chargers are sitting right now. And a lot of that just goes back to their cap situation for next year. And they haven't even signed Herbert.
0: Las Vegas Raiders started the draft off at pick seven with Tyree Wilson, Texas tech defensive end then they came back and moved up a few spots for Michael Mayer the tight end out of Notre Dame in round two I want to start there because uh, those Mm -hmm. are two potentially cornerstone players for the Raiders you come out of the first two rounds with potentially a stud edge rusher and uh, you know a a do-it-all tight end I think you got to be excited about that if you're a a Raiders fan
1: yeah frankly I thought Wilson was a little overhyped but when that's when people were talking about him number two to the Texans or number three, it's seven, you know, opposite Max Crosby. Okay. You know, I mean that he, they don't even need him to be a great technician. Now he can learn. He's still going to impact the game, immense upside. Michael Mayer screams Patriot tight end, you know, which I think is what they're after. There's obviously a hole there quality player. Um. So, yeah, I, I think that that first two picks were well done
0: absolutely they came back with alabama defensive tackle byron young who's a player i like that i thought was underrated through the process and because i thought he was going to end up going on day three okay so he ended up going where he should have gone in round three so good yeah. on the uh, raiders there maybe so. even a little early oh yeah actually yeah, slightly right, early right again. right right um uh well inside the top 100 picks and right. so a couple of young defensive Lineman for the Raiders early. Then they came back in the later third round with Trey Tucker at pick number one oh. Uh pick number one, actually. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, Trey Tucker, Cincinnati wide receiver. Jacorian Bennett, super speedy, Maryland cornerback, a lot of speed out there at corner for that Maryland defense. Uh that was early round four, late round four, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue quarterback. Uh Christopher Smith, Georgia safety in round five. Amari Burney, Florida outside linebacker in round six, and then round seven, Nesta Jade Silvera, a defensive tackle out of Arizona State. And uh, I cannot tell you a lot about Nesta, Matt, the seventh-round selection, except for he's 6'2", 304.
1: So, uh, to summarize, this might be the worst division draft that we'll do of the eight, to be honest with you. None of them have me doing cartwheels, but I do like the first two picks for the Raiders. Again, Byron Young in the fifth round, wow, nice pick. 70th overall, eh. Trey Tucker, I thought, went a or three too early. I do think Bennett and Smith, the two defensive backs, in a bad secondary will play a lot. Christopher Smith's probably my favorite pick. I know he's undersized, but a lot of quality snaps for Georgia. Important player. They were part of that quarterback run in the fourth round that I think a lot of those quarterbacks are six-round type guys, but they went in the fourth this year. Maybe O'Connell gets a chance. Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't feel like the Raiders had the roster to do that, you know, to take a developmental mid-round quarterback. Why not just take a guard there or something? But I got no problems with O'Connell, and he might get a shot. You know, who knows?
0: I didn't dislike the defensive backs they drafted, Matt. Right. They were ben my favorite Christopher Smith. But at the same time, if you look at this draft and you say, okay, well, hold your water on Byron Young get one of the DBs there early in the third mm. round. Their secondary needed it. And then if you came back and Byron Young's still there for you late round three, and then you push everybody down around, the, the draft starts to look a lot better. Now I like right? it. Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, there's no guarantee those guys would have all been there around later. But, you know, we're kind of saying we'd be okay with that because they kind of went too high anyway. Let somebody else draft them too early, right? Um, so I'm sorry. There so definitely I'm... was
1: a DB at 70 that would have been worth taking.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. And you know, Bennett and Smith might end up being really good for the Raiders, but you know, it's hard to project them being difference making players and jumping right in, in, in a secondary where maybe they could have found a guy in round three to do that. And we'll see what Byron Young ends up looking like. And, you know, uh, we, we, I, I did like him as a, as a prospect. So I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, but you know the see, seeing who else was there. Trey Tucker felt too early in round three. Riley but,
1: Moss, so we talked about to start the sort of show, right? He was yeah, he was there. there you you know, take take him there, and then everything looks a little better to me,
0: you know. Mm. Right. So uh, I don't know exactly what they saw in Trey Tucker. There's so many these small, undersized receivers in this class, and I really yeah. thought they were going to fall, and teams were willing to to draft these guys much earlier than i expected so um we'll see how many of them make it in the nfl and we'll see if the nfl just is uh starts to just i don't know we just start seeing smurf wide receivers spread around the league now maybe that's the new nfl who knows but yeah it's it's all about those first two picks tyree wilson and michael Mayer, and i think uh they're going to get impact there which makes this probably still the best draft in this division
1: i suppose um they also had the most best cards in their hand. I mean, they played the worst, they had the earliest picks Denver didn't yeah, have much. Helps. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, and I don't know that it took a super genius. I'm not giving them a hard time, but I, I don't know that you had to be a draft expert to pull the trigger on Wilson at seven or mayor 35. When it starts to get difficult is when I was less impressed with this draft, but it's still probably the best draft of the division.
0: Mayor from a fantasy perspective, Jimmy G loves to target himself a tight end. Mm-hmm you have seen how tight ends uh, operate in 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 that offense with Josh McDaniels from his time with the uh, with the Patriots. I gotta believe in dynasty leagues. M- Michael Mayer is gonna be a pretty hot ticket, right?
1: He is. Um, going into the draft, he was my fifth tight end. Um, I had to drop. I had to put him ahead of Musgrave because Musgrave ended up with Craft, which I think hurts each, each other in mm-hmm. Green Bay. So he's now third for me behind Kincaid, who's an easy one. And Laporta. I, I think Laporta's situation is better. Mm-hmm. I think most people have Mayer over Laporta. Um, I think Laporta's the better receiver of the two, but I get it. Mayer's okay athleticism kind of worries me.
0: Yeah, more of a chain mover than a than a yeah, big yeah. play tight end for sure.
1: But I don't think I think he has very little bust potential there'll be mayor jerseys in the stands and, you know, with Darth Vader helmets and whatnot, and he'll be a a very likable quality player. I just don't think he'll ever be Titoral Kelsey or those guys, you know, Right,
0: and and better as a pure three down football player than maybe fantasy player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to run the ball with Jacobs and it'll help. And, you know, right
0: little teaser, by the way, from Matt Williamson's dynasty rookie rankings that are coming up on future episodes of Peacock and Williamson. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk to you next time, Peacock and Williamson.